And welcome to another edition of the Morning Briefing. I'm Jeff DeForest, along with Mike Luby Lubitz, a.k.a. now. Wants to be known by his wrestling name, everybody. Mr. Morocco. You'll get used to it. Took me a while to get used to Luby and the voice and everything. And uh, it's one of those acquired and, uh, well, I, I guess, uh, you know, after a period of time, you start to say, well, what's wrong with having, uh, you know, a, a different type of style <laughs> and approach to uh, doing this sort of stuff? Uh, Luby, I hope you're in good spirits today. I, I certainly am. And uh, a very interesting evening uh, of sporting activity. I, I was uh, going back and forth between three different ball games. And the uh, two NFL games on, and we are immersed in pennant fever here. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win a pennant. But we don't know if the Giants are going to win it. We don't know if it's going to be the Reds. We're talking about that third wild card spot, which has created a fascinating dynamic to the last couple of weeks of the season for uh, a lot of teams that otherwise would be considered bag ladies, also runs, and uh, schleppers. In this this case, is called baseball. So to those, they heard wild card. You know how NFL is wild card now? Yeah. We're talking baseball, you youngins out there. <laughs> An ancient game that was played by a primitive society that had uh, a couple of skulls and sticks. That was it. They had picked up baseball after they decided that soccer was too fucking boring. Exactly. So they stopped kicking the skulls around and they uh, picked up a ball and a bat. That was it. Uh, no, yeah, it is an ancient game, but it, but it's created a lot of uh, excitement here uh, around South Florida. I would imagine these other cities are equally immersed in this pennant fever that, that has taken place. So so that was one of the ball games I'm trying to catch. Uh, unfortunately, it was a miserable re result uh, for the uh, Miami Marlins yesterday as uh, a Met home run. The Mets hopelessly out of it. One of the most disappointing teams in the history of Major League Baseball this year. All of that money. I mean, Steve Cohn spent his bar mitzvah money <laughs> for, for anybody that he thought could help the team. He was acquiring, I mean, Rogers Hornsby uh, from the grave. He was paying for the rights to incredible. Anything he thought would work, and uh, it didn't. It blew up in his face, and it's unfortunate. At one time, I was a Met fan. I haven't worked at Chase Stadium for many years, and uh, growing up in New York, we... Uh, defected from our uh, longtime allegiance to the Yankees as soon as the Mets came on board because it was more fun to root for a bunch of uh, hapless losers, wasn't it? <laughs> Always like the underdog. Always rooting for the underdog. Uh, anyway, I, I kind of had uh, a little bit of an epiphany, so uh, I, I was thinking it's time to examine a, a little bit of my previous uh, possible, I don't mean to get uh, too far into the occult or too far out there, but the idea that you might have lived before is something else. Have okay. you ever had that occur to you, Lumi? <laughs> sure. And it hit me after this, uh, you know, this uh, Dolphins game uh, against the New England Patriots, mm. which, uh, as we said, I mean, uh, you're looking at Bill Belichick there on the sidelines now and starting to think. Uh, we, we were talking about it uh, yesterday, I believe, here on the show, that, um, you know, he, he is aged like Obama did, where, you know, Obama comes in as president and, and he's literally shooting jumpers with Larry Bird. 100%. Making moves on magic, and and when he leaves, uh, he looks like he literally had been locked in solitary in the cell next to Papillon in the movie <laughs> Steve McQueen, where his teeth are falling out and everything. And that's Belichick, haunted, haunted from the grave by Don Shula. But that being said, a, a, a testament to his brilliance, I think, is that the fact that he had the team in the game with a chance to win at the end, which is a fairly common occurrence in NFL games. So our teams are being badly outplayed and outclassed, outcoached, outmanned. And yet they're still somehow hanging around with uh, even the women of prayer of getting into the ballgame. And um, I, I, I was, you know, 
struck by the fact that I was laying three points with the Dolphins. And if this goes to overtime, there's a, a distinct possibility that even though you had everything right about this ball game, you knew the Dolphins were a better team. Uh, you knew that they were going to be able to uh, move the ball, uh, whether they were running it, uh, passing it, whatever it was, that somehow Belichick was going to put 12 guys on Tyreek Hill and take him out of the ball game and make it really prohibitive that that you're going to have explosive plays throughout the game. But grind it out well ahead. All of your logic was applicable. You should be feeling and just beating your chest, Luby. I was right about this one, you gambling gods. Yep. I was right about one. Yeah, you're ready to tell your bookmaker, don't, don't be late at the graveyard on Monday. You know, I, I want my money. I want my money, Jimmy. I want my money. And uh, sure enough, uh, comes down to this final play. Very debatable. What didn't they throw in there? You had an ex-Dolphin, as you were talking about, normally comes back to haunt this team. Yeah. Uh, Mike Giusecki, a, a guy that, uh, you know, seemed to show a lot of promise that people were uh, sort of infatuated with here in town. And, and yet uh, it became a mystery under Mike McDaniel, Mr. Nietzsche with cleats. What happened to this guy? All of a sudden, uh, he's not even, uh, you know, he's not even dressing for games. Yep. Guys in the stands there selling popcorn. Hey, popcorn here. And he's going to be the guy that comes back to haunt you. He, he laterals the ball off to a lineman, uh, some fat slob named Strange, who is stumbling like Chuck Wepner in the 15th round against Muhammad Ali, the Bayonne bleeder. And, of course, the inspiration for the Rocky movies. But uh, nonetheless, uh, he, he seems to have the first down. And then the next thing you see, you got a snowplow coming out onto the field there. <laughs> and uh, the Patriots are doing it again. They're they finding a way to uh, just, uh, you know, put, put an absolute dagger in your back. And as we were talking about, you know, you're, you're screaming. You're on your hands and knees to the gods of gambling. <laughs> Don't fuck me, gods. I, I hate to keep coming back to this, but it haunted me all day yesterday. Don't fuck me because it, it's happened in the past, and I was trying to figure out why. Uh, this happens uh, from time to time. Maybe you guys that go to the racetrack, uh, you're, you're sitting there and uh, you bet your birthday numbers. And uh, in my case, it's 7-5. The 7 is out front by 11 lengths. The 5 has uh, nothing in sight. Your friend starts screaming, nothing's coming, Deef. Oh, no. Nothing's coming. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and he may as well be screaming, come on, kryptonite. <laughs> exactly. Because you've been mushed. And then you start thinking, don't let the three fuck me. Don't let the three fuck me. Don't fuck me three. Don't fuck me three. Don't fuck me. And as I get to the wire, it's almost like you, you just had sex <laughs> with the woman that you most despised in your lifetime. As you're like not feeling very good about the fact it that you just so got fucked. Unbelievable. <laughs> So I, I go down to Hialeah, Luby, uh, and, and try to get to the bottom of all this. Uh, I saw Madame Selena. Okay. And uh, what was great was uh, at, right next door, literally, you could buy a suit in the duplex that she operates <laughs> out of, and uh, a gypsy woman. And she tells me that uh, I, I actually, in a previous life, was a losing club fighter, which makes perfect <laughs> sense, doesn't it? That explains a lot. I might have been Balboa. <laughs> I may have even done some collecting down by the docks. The original Rocky. While my career was spiraling uh, to a point of non-existent, to where Apollo Creed himself had to come and find me in a book. Uh, you know, as the most logical opponent to uh, be the easiest possible of chumps 
that you could put into uh, the ring to fight against. Uh, and, and that was it. I, I don't know. That makes some sense the way I've lived my life, that I was a losing club fighter in, in a previous life. Now, now one guy, and, and this was, yeah, you, you never back down. You, no matter what happens, you yeah. keep coming and coming. Even I'm going to give you six rounds, stage. yes. You're on the stage Six going, good rounds. Why, and then, why is he still fighting? <laughs> and the eye, you know, eventually ring physician, even if it was Flip Olmanski, that guy out of Las Vegas that never stopped any fights. It didn't matter. The guy could be decapitated. He'd go, hey, yeah, it looks like one more round, kid. One more round. Is he in a boxing hall of fame? I think he is. Flip mm -hmm. Olmanski, yeah. the former uh, Vegas uh, ring physician. He, he was right there with the three boxing judges that we uh, always reference, uh, which uh, I mean, it was like Jerry Robb, uh, uh, Dave uh, something, and uh, and Chuck Giampa. Yeah. Literally, Keller, Ellen, Feliciano, <laughs> and, and Ray Charles. Huh? What? I, I think that guy, he might be in a boxing hall of fame. But uh, well, we did get to the bottom of something. We, we were exploring some pop culture earlier this morning on another show that we did, the Defoe Show. Uh, you can find this uh, people on South Florida Live is the name of our channel. And you'll be one of the 15 people or so that uh, is acknowledging us on that particular platform. While, and, and that's why we're so happy to be here on No Filter, where Henry does such a nice job with the clips and everything. It, it's fantastic. So uh, anyway, uh, we uh, often uh, get a chance. And this was great because he blew off Oprah Winfrey to talk to us on our podcast. Uh, and, and is uh, the great CBS and uh, universally talented broadcaster, Ian Eagle. So if you don't think Jim Nance is hearing footsteps, well, he's already out as the Final Four guy. Exactly. Because Eagle has been tracking in his wake uh, there for the last several years. And uh, you notice Nance is doing more of a comb over. Yeah. And he realizes that the uh, components are in place, that he is losing it. And Ian Eagle is going to be the number one voice of the NFL pretty soon, uh, if he isn't already. So uh, Ian is doing the uh, Eagles, uh, no, the uh, Chiefs and Jacksonville game this past yes. week. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's a premium game there. It was uh, one of the one o'clock games in Jacksonville, uh, two teams that uh, some people feel might, is it really uh, potentially an AFC championship matchup? Mike Lubitz, what do you think? The Jags won a playoff game last year. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So, yes, it's definitely it's not possible. out of the question. All right. Two great quarterbacks, uh, Trevor Lawrence, up and coming, really showed himself last year after uh, being troubled and plagued by the fact that he was being coached by Urban. Do you have to throw it in there automatically? Urban fucking Meyer. <laughs> Is that, is that a necessity to just drop a parenthetical in there fucking when you're talking about <laughs> Urban Meyer? Or are we in the minority there among people that uh, don't necessarily have particularly flattering things to say about Urban Meyer? I don't think and that's not just from the Gator thing, but I mean, uh, what a hideous tenure there with the Jacksonville Jaguars. D didn't even last a whole season, this guy. Nope. The owner loved him. Whatever you want to do, Urban. A lot of people are fascinated by this guy. But uh, Lawrence, uh, clearly, I mean, compromised by the fact that Meyer was such a mess as a professional coach, uh, whether it was that at stage of his career where he was going to be a mess anywhere, I don't know. Uh, but uh, that, that was a disaster, a catastrophe. And uh, so, so last year looks great uh, with Doug Peterson uh, coming in there to coach, who was a former quarterback and, uh, you know, had, had done a nice job uh, in his previous uh, stop there in Philadelphia, oh, yeah, won a Super Bowl yep. uh, for the Eagles. So, so that was terrific. Uh, but uh yeah, yeah, a good, good ball game. And, and Eagle drops in there in, in the middle of it, uh, a Travis Kelsey catch. Now, the rumors have been out there that Kelsey and Taylor Swift have a thing going on. Yes. They have a thing going on. Me and Mrs. Jones, right? So uh, Taylor Swift is Mrs. Jones to uh, Travis Kelsey, who 
Can you tell me one thing that Travis Kelsey isn't selling right now, Mike Louis-Lubitz? That's a great question. He seems to be everywhere. I, I, I saw him. I mean, he, he stooped to selling reverse mortgages already. <laughs> well, you know what? You don't have to move out of your house right away. And, like, and then they have the disclaimer that comes on. Uh, you may fall into disclosure. It's not in Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking, really? Kelsey's on that. He's selling Subway sandwiches. Uh, he's on some beer commercials. He's on the State Farm with Patrick Mahomes, 100%. Yep. I, I believe I saw him like uh, with uh, the uh, guy from uh, Morgan and Morgan there. there. You know, with his <laughs> arm around this uh, ambulance chasing attorney who's on TV all day uh, saying that, uh, hey, look, accident. This is the guy right here. <laughs> Mesothelioma. Look. <laughs> did it in Hoss Cartwright, right? Merlin Olson. Uh, some cowboy. A anyway, uh, yeah, he he's selling everything. So so uh, Eagle in the broadcast as Kelsey's making his touchdown catch, uh, says and uh, Kelsey has found a blank space, which I wouldn't know this, but uh, would you have known that that was a reference to a Taylor Swift song? Uh, in time, I didn't. It's, what's weird is my wife is a huge Taylor Swift fan, so I should have. It's one of her like biggest hits ever. But yeah. I give him credit because people like me who really don't know her. I had no idea that he did that. Brilliant. Now, we have contended for years that Al Michaels wrote down somewhere, do you believe in miracles, before he ever showed up at the rink there in Lake Placid to do that USA-Russian semifinal hockey game in, uh, what, the 1980 Olympics? 80. And, and that started a trend where everybody seemed to press for a signature call to, uh, you know, uh, illustrate uh, the uh, spectacular nature of the moment. Now, you've had calls like that that have come naturally, right? Where the Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, with uh, Joe Buck, uh, not Jack Buck, but uh, Joe Buck. No, Jack Buck. Jack, yeah, Jack Buck was the father. Joe Buck is the guy that everybody uh, thinks is uh, so full of himself. <laughs> he would be a guy that would be trying desperately to work in some kind of, uh, you know, yes. clever saying. Just so uh, people could uh, memorialize it, uh, you know, and, and make it a signature thing. But uh, yeah, so so it was Jack Buck who, who was saying, "I can't believe what I just saw." Yes, but that's because he he was like blind in one eye, and the other <laughs> eye was like way out of whack. Now he didn't see it. He actually didn't see it. <laughs> he really couldn't believe it. <laughs> oh, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he's pressing. And now Michaels, I think, wrote that down. Do you believe in miracles? And, and he, you, you thought that he, he preconceived that uh, it, an impossibility of the United States winning that particular game. They, they'd just been shellacked, like 10 nothing or something. Even mm -hmm. with Gump Worsley playing goal for him uh, in the previous game against the Russians at Madison Square Garden. Now, there's no reason to believe they would win. Do you believe in miracles? I think he wrote it down. Uh, Eagle says that he was familiar with Swift songs and he sort of had a preconceived notion. He might be able to work this in there. I, I think, you know, he might've even had money on Kelsey to catch the first touchdown pass, although <laughs> he wouldn't admit to that, but, uh, yeah, he, he, Oprah's calling to talk to this yeah. man. Now. It's yeah. incredible how that, that has immersed him into pop culture fame forever. And is going to be up there. What with, with any call that's made at any time in the modern era. All of this brilliant work that this man has done. And uh, one Taylor Swift song reference, but in the right spot, obviously, with the rumors that are out there about Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift uh, keeping some fast company right now. Uh, that uh, and, and does that not loom as a possibility? 
like I said, I mean, I'm surprised Kelsey isn't uh, somehow going to seek the Republican nomination for president. <laughs> Seems like I, too he, radical of a guy to uh, be on that side of the fence, no? I don't know where he leans, but, but he definitely seems to be everywhere. That call, but I just like that he worked it, whether he had pra practiced it or whatever he did, had it jotted down, it seemed a lot more natural than some of these other calls you're referencing. Like, he threw it in there and then kept going. He didn't, like, set it up like he was trying. Ha-ha, here it comes. Like, he just did it and kept going, and I appreciate him for that. Yes, as he would be, uh, subtly, uh, you know. Brilliant uh, in uh, everything that he does, Zion Eagle. So, so it was great, and uh, the clarification was there. Uh, it, it was not a, an ad lib that, that came flying into his head all of a sudden to uh, associate the Kelsey, Travis, uh, I mean uh, Taylor Swift uh, relationship uh, with this uh, touchdown pass. And, and you had to think that you were going to get a chance to work that in, also that, that there was a strong possibility that uh, people thought there would be far more points in that game. Yep. Uh, than, than there were. So uh, you know, and, and uh, that the. The under in, in all Carolina games from now on, that would have to be a distinct possibility. <laughs> have you ever seen a guy more under wraps than Bryce Young was? Yeah, 22 completions night. and barely broke 150 yards. Like, that's impressive to do that. Impossible. I mean, uh, we, we had uh, Chad check down Henny here. Yep, yep, yep. For a year where, I, I mean, if you trust your quarterback, Ultimately, will which uh, Bryce Young did. So uh, that that was interesting. All right, so we got to run. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Um, yeah, the, the snowplow coming on in the field. That was the final thing. And the uh, on your hands and knees, gods of gambling. And I'll leave you with this: Don't fuck me, gods. <laughs> that, that has been stuck in my mind. It forced me to research my my previous lives, Luby. I was a punch drunk club fighter. In a previous life, maybe doing a little collecting, maybe doing a little bookmaking on the side. I, I believe, and, and if you think about that, why is it that you show certain instincts so early on in life that are characteristic of maybe something that, you know, uh, I'm very much uh, getting like Aaron Rodgers. Just uh, traveling on another dimension at, at this stage. All right, thanks, people, for tuning in. For Mike Luby Lubitz, I uh, was a little nervous uh, about the upcoming uh, Clemson game with his Florida State Seminoles. In fact, uh, is that helmet going to be a Clemson helmet after this week? It's <laughs> no. in the background here. <laughs> well, we'll see you next time on uh, the next edition. I'm Jeff DeForest on the Morning Briefing.